Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs are off to the Super Bowl. Everyone else, Tennessee Titans included, are off to the Senior Bowl. It's uh, the, the off season is is ramping up for those teams who are not playing for championships. But uh, some familiar names for Titans fans will be taking part in that Super Bowl. We will be talking about that and more on uh, on this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast. With our usual lineup, I am David Beauclair, joined as always by former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, welcome in. Thanks for having me and congratulations to the Kelsey brothers as well as you, David, your hometown going to the uh, Super Bowl. Yes, I've got a lot of people very, very excited, uh, very excited about that. And that, yeah, that Kelsey brothers storyline is going to be a big one. And of course, John Glennon, John, welcome in. Thank you. Much appreciated. And uh, before we get going, let me remind everyone that the Believe in Titans podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. The football world will be talking for the next two weeks about the uh, about the Super Bowl matchup. For Tennessee Titans fans, uh, it uh, it's probably a little bit bittersweet in in terms of both teams involved. 
the uh, the Titans played one of their better games of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. Came out of that game, even though it was a loss, looking like uh, looking like a real contender in the AFC. They 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 went toe to toe with the Chiefs for fifty eight plus minutes without Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, but uh, but couldn't win that game. And of course, on the other side, you have former Titans AJ Brown and, and Brett Kern with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, John, I'll start with you. Should Titans fans be rooting for the Eagles because of the uh, the connections to, and the you know their their history with AJ and and Brett Kern, or or how do you think that's going to go? Yeah, that's going to be a tough call there. <laughs> if I had to guess, uh, I'm thinking the average Titans fan is not real happy uh, to see AJ Brown playing for a Super Bowl ring right now. Um, you know, AJ Brown was a great guy when, when he was here with the Titans. I think he was very well liked, obviously, a an excellent player. But, you know, we we've gone over many times in, in this podcast that the number of times he's kind of kind of tried to reach back and tweak the Titans ever since that, that deal was made. Um, you know, and and seemingly taking shots that are unnecessary for a guy who had just landed a big contract was playing with a quarterback who was a close friend of his, uh, you know, and, and was pretty well set up with with a good team. Um, but I think, you know, when, when when they played earlier this season, when, when A.J. Brown had the, the great game against uh, the Titans, you know, and, and he, of course, we remember what he did with the goalpost, uh, you know, after one of his touchdowns, kind of beat it's it with the good. towel and, and said, you know, that's for, uh, you know, I, I got to beat you for what you did, but then, uh, you know, I got to hug you and love you. Uh, you, you know, after that, I, I think AJ Brown to me in that game sort of seemed to get all that anti-Titan sentiment maybe finally out of his system. We we really haven't heard any chirps or or any social media, uh, you know, commentary towards the Titans since then. I think he exhausted that right then. So now, in my opinion, I think if you're a Titans fan, I think you're you're less troubled by AJ Brown the person and what what he has done, and more troubled by the fact. That he, you know, every time you're going to watch him in the Super Bowl, you're thinking, how come we didn't find a way to keep this guy here? So I, I think that's kind of where where it stands now. And then you look at Brett Kern. Sure, you have to be happy for Brett Kern. You know, great, great player for the Titans for so many years. Uh, handled everything in, in, a, in a class act despite getting kind of moved out of the way for an undrafted free agent. So I think there's some happiness there. But certainly a lot of frustration every time they're going to watch A.J. Brown. Uh, make a big play in this Super Bowl. Denard, I'll ask you, Brett Kern, you know, a guy in his 15th season, a guy who spent most of the the regular season out of the league on the sidelines, kind of watching, waiting. How, uh, how rewarding do you think this, this moment is for him to, uh, to, you know, feel like he made the right choice if he was going to come back that, that, that this was, this was what he came back for, right? Yeah, because if you look at his career, I mean, he's one of the most productive punters in Titans history, if not the most productive. He owns, what, tons of franchise records, most punt yards, what, 43,623, most punt yards in a season, over 4,000, most punt yards in a game, what, 2017 against uh, Miami was 549 yards. That's crazy. <laughs> and then you 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 come back and you culminate, uh, a Super Bowl 
into your career? I mean, how how many guys do you know have capped off their careers by going to a Super Bowl? I mean, he's done everything possible in this league to be not only one of the greatest of all time, but I think he has a resume that you might need to consider him for Hall of Fame because uh, I do think he's that he's been that productive. But imagine you cap off your career with a Super Bowl win. How often do we see that, David? Yeah, n- not not often, and uh, and and it, it's interesting because these were two of the the more dramatic roster decisions the Titans made this offseason, right? The the draft day trade of AJ Brown that that seemingly came out of nowhere so that the Titans could move up and, and select Traylon Burks there. And then, you know, as as training camp in the preseason played out, we all started to understand exactly what Ryan Stonehouse was doing and and was capable of doing. It 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 certainly seemed unthinkable at the start of the offseason that Brett Kern wouldn't uh wouldn't have a job with the Titans but uh you know the uh the, the Brett Kern decision worked out well for everybody involved right i mean Ryan Stonehouse breaks an 80 year old NFL record he's a pro bowl alternate a second team all pro and so on um you know the, the Brett Kern gets this opportunity late in the year and and, and now ends up in the Super Bowl the uh the AJ Brown thing didn't work out well for the Titans, certainly in the short term. You know, Traylon Burks can make that deal look better over the next four years or so, and and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, but I think you know you already saw some of it on social media today. Fans, you know, just lamenting the fact that uh, that that AJ Brown is you know things have worked out so well for him here. And and, and Donato, I want to ask you that you know Philadelphia has a lot of weapons on that offense. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Jalen Hurts is a good player. Devontae Smith is a good player. Miles Sanders was the fifth leading rusher in the league. They've got a great offensive line. Dallas Goddard's one of the best young tight ends in the league. But how important has A.J. Brown been to that team's success this year, do you think? That's the reason that they're playing in the Super Bowl, David. That's why they went out this offseason and they paid him a four-year deal, $100 million, $57 million of that is guaranteed. And look at his numbers. I mean, he's he is shined this year. Uh, he's he's the top receiver in the league right now. He went to Philly. He's playing alongside with his buddy Jalen Hurts. Again, arguably to me, should be the MVP this year. He didn't just make. And let me say this: he made Jalen Hurts um, better. He made that offense better this year. You look at his production: over a thousand yards receiving again. I mean, he he brings – he's just an elite receiver. We saw the game against Tennessee. He absolutely dismantled his secondary. And what he was doing when he whipped the goalpost, he was spanking it, just letting him know that's exactly what <laughs> happened. He spanked that secondary. But, again, when you – Mike Vrabel – and I, I read an article the other day, uh, David, and it says that Mike Vrabel contributed a decrease of 60 receptions and 860 yards among tight receivers through 13 weeks. That's a look at that. What do you see? That's production lost uh, from one player. And now you look at Philly and you wonder why they're in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, and I've read a. I've read a couple things coming out of the conference championship games too, where people are saying AJ Brown was was the single best move that the uh, that the Eagles made this year, and they and they've made a bunch of of notable ones. When you talk about adding a, a Bradbury to their secondary and and picking up a, a an Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph mid season and and so on, but uh, but you know AJ Brown and. 
and John, we you know we saw this with the Titans. He, I mean, you knew that uh, that this guy wasn't going to to be easily replaced, but Titans just never came close to making up for the production they lost with him, did they? No, they didn't. You know, and and I think certainly you know they expected more and and wanted more out of Traylon Burks and. You know, he got off to a, to a bad start, you know, in, in the offseason. He was out of shape. He had asthma. Uh, so that never panned out. You know, I, again, as you mentioned, uh, David, you know, it's certainly possible in future years that, that uh, Traylon Burks, you know, winds up being one of the better receivers in the league. But we don't know that for, for sure right now. Um, you know, and, and I, what I think we have to look at, too, uh, you know, in the, in the NFC Championship game is, is not only did we see A.J. Brown, but we also saw on the other side of the ball, Debo Samuel for for the 49ers. And you have to go back and, and compare their situations again. Debo Samuel was even more adamant about wanting the 49ers to trade him. He was, of course, in a similar contract situation that A.J. Brown was with, with the Titans. Uh, you know, they, they sort of paralleled one another, except Debo Samuel was very much, he was vocal about saying, hey, I want out. I'm done with the 49ers. I'm moving on. And the 49ers just let him have him say, let him let him speak what he wanted to say, but but they didn't give up on him. They didn't give up on a deal. And eventually, obviously, they re-signed him and he did great things and you know brought them back to the to the NFC championship game. Whereas the you know, the Titans took the opposite course. I think they they they'd had enough of, of AJ Brown, you know, kind of being impatient and wanted his and, and wanting his, his money as quickly as possible. And they they chose the opposite course. They said, "Okay, AJ Brown, you, you're not happy here. All right, we are going to move you then." Uh, well, you know what what might have sounded good uh, at the time to, to John Robinson certainly didn't prove uh, uh, good for the the Titans or, or John Robinson in the long run. And and yeah, it cost it cost him his job. I mean, to what degree? I guess we can't say for certain. Only Amy Adams Strunk knows that. But I don't think there's there's any doubt that uh, that the way that move played out over the course of the season and particularly that day in Philadelphia had a big impact on the fact that, that John Robinson is, is looking for another job at this point. Uh, You know, we, we mentioned the Titans played both of these teams this season, wildly different. I mean, they lost both, but wildly different games in terms of, uh, in terms of how they played out. Uh, Denard, does anything about, either of those games tell you something about which team is is more likely to win this Super Bowl no no it's again it's a different season it's postseason so you can't look at what happened in the regular season because if we look the way that Tennessee played Philadelphia that game was over in the first quarter but if you look at the game against Kansas City Tennessee had a chance to win up to about three minutes left in the game so, yeah, you're probably saying, well, I'll give the edge to Philly. That's not how you uh, do it in this league. Uh, what was alarming to me when I went back and read some of my notes is the fact that how good this defense is and how well they played this year. You think about when they went into Kansas City, they absolutely beat up Patrick Mahomes. Let's not talk about the 446 yards passing, but the fact that they would – recorded eight quarterback hits, they sacked them four times, and they held KC, which one of the top – uh, third down uh, offenses to what 42% on third down conversions. They absolutely play well. Again, the problem with this team, and I don't want to continue to go into it. If they address the perimeter, then next year we can see Tennessee in this situation, possibly. The, uh, 
the the fact that there's two weeks between the conference championships and the the Super Bowl gives coaches a, a, an opportunity to to do some job interviews and things. Certainly, Eric Bieniemy had has been a guy who's who's interviewed for a number of head coaching jobs. Bieniemy, of course, being the Kansas City offensive coordinator. Titans reportedly interested in talking to him, though, about being their offensive coordinator. Same thing for uh, senior offensive assistant Matt Nagy of the Chiefs. Um, does John? I'll, I'll ask you this: Do you think? Uh, do you think the fact that the Kansas City is in the Super Bowl helps either of these guys' case with the Titans? Does the fact that you're going to have to wait another couple weeks hurt? What? Uh, what? What do you make of the timing now of all this? Yeah, I think uh, I'm not positive of this, but I think if I if I was reading the rules correctly, I think if you had a first interview with with playoff coaches before their divisional round game, then you can have a second interview with them during the bye week of the Super Bowl. I believe mm-hmm. that that is is, uh, is is the way it works. I'm I'm not absolutely sure on that, and we don't know for sure whether the Titans have had a first interview with with Nagy or, or B enemy. We just know that they're, they're interested, but uh, certainly it, it can't, uh, it can't hurt their cause. Uh, the fact that Kansas city is, uh, is in the super bowl. The fact that Kansas city is playing well, Amy Adams Strunk has been on, on record as saying she's, she's willing to wait uh, for coaches if, if, if that's what it takes. But at the same time, I, I think, you know, it's, it still adds to that, that question mark when you deal with anyone but Andy Reid on the offensive side of the ball from Kansas City. And, and that, that question is how much of the success of Kansas City's offense is either Matt Nagy or Eric Bieniemy versus how much of it is coming straight from Andy Reid. And, and also, oh, by the way, having a quarterback named Pat Mahomes, uh, as well. So I don't know. You, you kind of have to look into the, into the full, uh, background, I think, of, of both of those guys. And, and you know, uh, I think we, we've talked about this a little bit earlier before. I think Denard, you pointed it out too. But, uh, um, you know, Matt Nagy also, you know, was, was very effective with Alex Smith uh, when, when he was in, in Kansas City, you know, when he was quarterback's coach and I think offensive coordinator for a little bit as well. And there have certainly been plenty of comparisons drawn between Alex Smith and, and Ryan Tannehill. So that might be something that that would work in in Matt Nagy's favor uh, if he was the guy who wound up here. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, yeah, again, you want to say okay, the, the the resume that you know here's the offensive coordinator of an offense has gone crazy, you know, over, over the past few years, and and you just keep finding yourself going back to that to that one question of, of how much of it is 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 Eric Bieniemy, you know, assuming he is not the original play caller, I think. The assumption sort of is that Andy Reid calls plays, they go through the enemy, they they go to to Pat Mahomes at that point. So you're you're still kind of left wondering, you know, how much of of the enemy's uh, uh, work would transfer over, um, you know, to a, to a different team. To me, that's the one question, uh, you know, about uh, about two guys with with some very good resumes. Yeah, it's an interesting point because the enemy has interviewed with. I think the number is half the NFL teams yeah. over the last yeah. few years for oh, head coaching positions. He's he's interviewed with the Colts for their uh, their head coaching job this year and whatnot. And uh, um, you know, Denard, do you think it, if if he doesn't get hired as a head coach again this time, would it benefit him? Do you think to get out from under 
Andy Reid's shadow and maybe come to a team like the Titans and where, you know, they, they obviously need to do something on offense to, to revive this thing and get it going again. Would, would that maybe be the kind of thing that would get him a head coaching opportunity? Yes, because everybody knows that Andy Reid is calling the players (laughs) in Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? First, I want to say this about Matt Nagy and let us not forget in 2018, he was working with a young quarterback by the name of Mitchell Trubisky that they drafted high. And then he was the, he went on in 2018, they went to the playoffs and he was the first bears quarterback since Jim McMahon in 1986 to be named to the pro bowl. So again, I give the adage there to uh, Nagy. That's how good he is. And then you have a young quarterback in Tennessee by the name of Malik Willis. So you have to think about that. Not to mention he worked with Alex Smith when he had that phenomenal year in 2017, where he put up career highs, but on your point, with Eric Bannemi, should he get out of Kansas City to prove to people that he is an effective play caller? Can I give you a, a quick example yeah. of that? Uh, so when I was in Denver, you know, I love Gary Kubiak. Uh, I think the world of Gary Cube, um, I call him. He is a great offensive-minded coach, but he was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos for a long time. And when I was there, he had the role of offensive coordinator. Now, unfortunately, by the way, Mike Shanahan, who is he's, not, he's the head coach. He was the one calling the plays half of the time. So what happens is when Cube left to go to, I think, to Houston, uh, again, that's where his career took off. And that's what you sometimes need as a coach it, to kind of create your own identity. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to get a head coaching job until the league sees that he's got under, he's no longer under that, what I call that Ander, Andy Reid tree of coaching because we know what Andy Reid what he's about look at the coach that we're talking about Matt Nagy he's probably the hottest offensive mind coach right now that we've been considering and who did he uh, how did he break into the league Andy Reid so again yeah I think it would benefit if if Eric Benjamin wants a head coaching job then he needs to go somewhere else and be the offensive coordinator and prove to people that he can call plays without Andy Reid on his side while we're talking about quarterbacks, it, it was interesting. Rand Carthen, the new Titans GM, of course, was on a podcast last week with former NFL, hosted by former NFL player Chris Long, and, and the subject of quarterbacks and, and what Carthen likes in quarterbacks came up. And Denard, I'm going to ask you this. Rand Carthen said he liked anticipatory and accurate passers. He likes guys who who know where the where the hole in the defense is going to be, is willing to throw to a spot, and and can get the ball there on target. And I ask you, does that sound like somebody who is currently on the Tennessee Titans roster? Ron Tannehill. Yes, it does. Who else? <laughs> yeah. So John Glennon, is that bad news for Malik Willis in in terms of what uh, what his role might be for twenty twenty three? Uh, it certainly could be. I mean, certainly the the uh, the worst news, uh, you know, was was the fact that the Titans went out and picked up Josh Dobbs and and had him starting in about a week and a half over over Malik Willis. That was the the big red flag right there. But you know, uh, are, are those traits that that you mentioned? Do we see those in, in Malik Willis now? No, you know, he, he's not an anticipatory thrower. In fact, he's sort of the the reverse. You know, the the big knock on him right now is that. You know, he, he processes things a little bit slowly, and as a result, the ball comes out a little bit later, and that, that can lead to, to interceptions and, 
uh, you know, uh, bad things generally happen in that regard. And, and it probably doesn't hurt or probably doesn't help Malik Willis's case either uh, that Rand Carthen is coming from an organization where a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, uh, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, rattled off seven straight wins, I think it was, during the uh, during the regular season and playoffs and, and you know, would have had a decent chance of leading his team into the Super Bowl had he not been been injured very early against Philadelphia. So, you know, to, to me, I, I, you know, just those comments that he made on the, on the podcast and, and the traits that he liked, you know, doesn't necessarily paint a, a, a great future for Malik Willis. Um, the, the whole question with Malik Willis is how long are you willing to wait? You know, I mean, because obviously there the, are skills and talent there, but can you go through, uh, you know, another season where he is a number two, a number two that might not be ready immediately for a number one. I mean, are, are you ready to do that again? Or, or you know, uh, do, you, do you feel like you have to get somebody, you know, that, that's more ready to uh, to jump in the game uh, right away at, at that point? Yeah, there, there's no question when it comes to the idea of anticipatory and accuracy and whatnot that, uh, that, that that's Ryan Tannehill right now and not Malik Willis. The question is, do the Titans think Malik Willis can get to be that guy? And, and, and Denard, maybe I'll ask you this is, I mean, how, how can you judge that? Do you think, or, or, or does he just have to, at some point convince himself, I just got to start cutting this ball loose and, and, and trust, uh, trust my coaching and, 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 and believe that it's going to happen the way they say it's going to happen if I do this. Well, we got to remember it's his first year. He's just a rookie. So again, he's still learning. Uh, I can bring up plenty of players that went on to have great careers, but that struggle is they struggle as rookies. Peyton Manning, he struggled as a rookie. Uh, the great Dan Fouts, he struggled as a rookie. John Elway struggled as a rookie. But I want to give I got a question for both uh, David and John because I know y'all are uh, y'all are kind of in the front office and you get a chance to talk to a lot of people. But this is what I got a I got an interesting question is. Uh, Rand Carthon is coming from San Francisco. Now, the last time I checked, San Francisco, uh, they have three quarterbacks uh, in the quarterback room. Trey Lance, your first rounder a few years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Brock Purdy has kind of won the fans over. So, again, could we see possibly a trade where Trey Lance or Jimmy G comes to Tennessee if you're not sold on Malik and you know that you're going to have a 35-year-old Ron Tannehill Ron Tannehill in 2023. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent this year. Mm, there you go. And uh, you know, if you think back to uh, if you think to back to when John Robinson started as GM for the Titans. Now, granted, he was two years removed from his time with the Patriots, but he was clearly still kind of relying on things he had done and people he knew there with the Patriots. When you look at some of his earliest big acquisitions you're talking about logan ryan you're talking about Dion lewis you're talking about josh klein guys who all played big roles for the titans right off the bat you know he he clearly wanted guys he was comfortable with i i would assume Rand carthen is going to be feeling the same way uh as a first time gm and and wanting to go with guys he know now jimmy garoppolo has a uh has a terrible injury history, particularly, you know, coming off a broken foot this year, um, you know, worse than, than Ryan Tannehill's injury history. But if, if you're, if you need to make some salary cap moves and you decide Tannehill's out, maybe you get Garoppolo cheaper and you're comfortable with him. I, I think, 
you know, I think that's a real possibility. And and John, I know you saw this. I think you and I have talked about this. Trey Lance, when when Carthen got the job, put out a tweet that that sort of suggested if if he's not going to be San Francisco's starting quarterback, he would like to stick with Rand Carthen, yes? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I think there were some some various interpretations of that tweet. Some people thought it was just kind of a uh, uh, Trey Lance, you know, liked Rand Carthen and said, hey, good luck, um, you, you know, in, in Tennessee kind of tweet. Others interpreted it as saying, hey, don't forget about me, you know, when you're in Tennessee, uh, maybe bring me a, a, along as well. A couple of things might, might work against uh, a Trey Lance trade. Uh, one, let's remember how much um, the 49ers invested into Lance, you know, when they traded up uh, to, to make that pick in the first place. Are, are they willing to move him now when you're not going to get the kind of re- anywhere near the kind of return uh, that you gave up for, for Trey Lance in, in moving up because he really hasn't had a chance to, to show too much. Um, and then the other thing, too, we have to, to keep in mind is obviously uh, Brock Purdy, that uh, torn, uh, 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 what was it, the ulnar, uh, ulnar collateral ligament, I believe it was, uh, in, in the game against Philadelphia in the NFC Championship. Well, that takes apparently six months to repair, which basically takes him out of the entire uh, offseason as well. So are are you... You know, it'd be one thing maybe if you were a little more certain about Brock Purdy being being a, a, either a one or a two moving ahead for San Francisco. You know, maybe you're you're a little bit more likely to 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 give uh give up on a guy like Lance. But if if Purdy is hurt and out for six months, yeah, and you're not you're a little unsure of what his future is. You know, maybe that makes you all the more willing, all the more likely, as I say, to uh, to hang on to Trey Lance. So, Denard, Jimmy Garoppolo, do you like him? Is 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 he still a, a good, viable quarterback in the NFL, you think? Yes. Yes, he definitely can play if he cuts, you know, the turnovers, um, if he can cut that out of his game, because we know that if he throws two or more interceptions, they're at least likely to win. But, again, I I just looked at that room and I said, man, somebody, that, that's a crowded room. And, and to watch Trey Lance and watch how – he evolved this year and how he won that fan base. I mean, how can you not go into uh, the beginning of uh, training camp with possibly Brock Purdy being your starting quarterback? Are you sold on Trey Lance and he's going into what his third year? Uh, is that a move that again, Rand Carthon would be willing to make? I mean, I know you give up a lot of draft picks, but you know, Tennessee, you got to address the quarterback position because you got a what a 35 year old quarterback next to, it'd be in 2023. It'd be 35. So it's just uh it's just to me it's just a question it, it's and it's an interesting point too because the NFL has set the salary cap for uh for the coming season at 224.8 million the titans are roughly 23 million dollars over that number there are there are certainly ways to get there but uh uh you know john as uh as rand carthen takes on this job now Compared to John Robinson, he's got a much better roster, a uh, a settled coaching situation, but uh, but not the kind of draft capital that that John Robinson had in in 2016, and 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 does have some salary cap issues to deal with here. So, uh, um, you know, is he in a position to maybe make a make a move where he he deals some draft picks, or or is is he going to have to really value those picks given given the other factors he's dealing with this offseason. Yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting situation comparing how how Rand Carthen and, and John Robinson both came 
and in and and took over you know and and the the more i look at it you know the the more i i if it was me i might like to have been in in john robinson's position despite the fact that i think rand carthen has more talent uh you know clearly has more talent on the on the roster now but when you look at at john when john robinson came in the bar was so low. The Titans were so bad for, for so many years. They'd had a five wins combined in the last two years. They had the number one pick. You know, you can't ask for much more draft capital than the number one pick. Uh, you know, uh, John Robinson had, had you know, basically he could mold the entire uh, franchise, you know, be, because it was at such a low point. And, and you know, whatever deals he made were likely – uh, you know, given the capital that he had, we're likely going to Im- improve that team. Uh, on, on the other hand, now we got we got Rand Carthen. You got some challenges here. Yeah, you got you've only got uh, you know six draft picks. Uh, David, you mentioned he's he's twenty four million dollars over the cap, and you're going to have to make some some big decisions uh, with some of these veterans. Uh, you know, whether whether you want to cut these guys uh, or not. So it's not an easy job that Rand Carthen walks into despite the fact that the Titans have won uh, in, in six of the past seven seasons. And one of the first things I think we'll find out about Rand Carthen versus John Robinson, is he a big home run swing kind of guy? We know that John Robinson does uh, or did that, that kind of thing. You know, he was taking big cuts pretty much from the moment he stepped into that office. It'll be interesting to see whether Rand Carthen jumps in and says, hey, I want to make some, I want to make some moves. I want to get another quarterback in here. I want a wheel deal. Or whether he tends to be more of the kind of the more traditional general manager, you know, play things a little safer, build through the draft. Denard, it, it, if you're uh, if you're Rand Carthen, then what you look at this Titans roster? What what what's your approach to that? Do you uh, do you value those draft picks that you have this year, or or do you uh, do you try and move some things around and figure if I just get one or two particular pieces in the draft, the rest of it's gravy. You build through the draft, David. You know, that's how you make it in this league. It's, it's about your draft picks. And then not to mention, how will he address free agency? You know, what are you going to do? What splash are you going to make? Are you going to go out there and do a pool of Philly uh, in Tennessee this year? Are you going to bring a big-time free agent in? There's a lot of holes, especially when you look at this offensive unit. Your offensive line is decimated by injuries inconsistency uh, inconsistency at the tackle position uh, in particular the left tackle so what I mean there's so many holes that ran he's got to address not to mention you have a quarterback that's well he has one year left on his contract so I was kind of reading his contract situation and if you cut him this year what is it he was going to make like 24 million dollars and if you cut him you end up uh, in return, you, you you don't lose much. What you do is you gain a lot because he'll, the way that it works is they're void those two years of his contract. So he gets like $9 million. So, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be a general manager because I wouldn't want to make this move, David. But, I mean, he's got a lot of work to do. And, and what are you going to do? I mean, I just want to see how they're going to address free agency because if you look at Cincinnati, that's what they did. Look at their offensive linemen. Their offensive line pretty much is made up of free agents, and that's how you win in this league today. Yeah, I, I think I think the good news for the Titans and their fans is that uh, Rand Carthen comes from a San Francisco team that is similar it, it, to the Titans, in that you talk about you know they they put a they put a high premium on 
physicality and and on being able to to run the football and and in having uh you know having an, an active and aggressive defensive front and and those sorts of things i i, I do think there is a real sort of you know there, there's not going to be a, a long feeling out process between Rand Carthen and Mike Vrabel in terms of oh you you like this well have you thought about a guy like this instead or whatnot I, you, you do you do feel like they're gonna they're gonna see the game and they're gonna see players the same way largely um, but uh, but yeah that, I mean I think we've we've talked about that before here I mean the offensive line has to be job number one for this entire personnel and coaching staff this offseason whatever whatever you have to do wherever you have to go to find offensive linemen whether it's in free agency whether it's via a trade whether whether it's the draft whether it's all of the above um that that you know that that has to be better and and it's going to start let's be honest when you talk about a team that's that's 24 million dollars over the cap and you can lop off two-thirds of that plus by simply cutting Taylor Lewan, uh, you know that that's going to be move number one, is it not, John? I mean, it, it has to be, right? No doubt. Yeah, and there's no uh, there's no dead money involved either, so it's pretty much a lock. And Taylor Lewan has said as much. He knows it's coming, and and he is accurate. He's a smart man. <laughs> so uh, so that'll do it. I think uh, that 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 kind of covers it for this week. We will. Uh, we will be back a week from now with another episode and, and look ahead to the Super Bowl. Maybe maybe look back at the Senior Bowl. Maybe there will be some some coaches, a, a coordinator hired by then. There's uh, there's still much to come this off season in in what figures to be a uh, a, a continues to be, I guess, a dramatic off season for this team. But uh, until then, Denard Walker, you have a good week, my friend. You too, David. Have a good one. Thank you, John Glennon. You have a good week. You as well. And uh, once again, I am David Beauclair. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. This is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.